This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. All righty. Morning, morning. Uh, show of hands, who here has a list of New Year's resolutions back at home or in your mind as we prepare for 2024? No one? Seriously? New Year's resolutions? Yes. Let me get this up and running. So, not to encourage you or maybe discourage you, but it has been deemed uh, and forever memorialized that actually the second Friday in January has been called Quitter's Day. So, as you prepare for those New Year's resolutions, just keep in mind the second Friday in January has been forever memorialized as Quitter's Day. So, if you need something to look forward to, uh, there you have it. Uh, I work in advertising, uh, and even with the second day in January being Quitter's Day, or the second Friday in January being Quitter's Day, advertisers will spend millions of dollars during this time of year to capitalize on New Year resolutions. Uh, we in the industry and a lot of us on the consumer side use this term. I think you're probably familiar with it. New Year, New You. We will spend hundreds if not thousands of dollars in an effort to achieve our New Year's resolutions. Uh, I, I pulled this graph. I think it's from Forbes. It might be thrown up on the screen there. Uh, this is the top New Year's resolutions for 2024. I'm sure a lot of these are on our lists. Improved fitness, finances, mental health, lose weight, improved diet. The list goes on and on. Um, and while the second Friday in January is Quitter's Day, the average person is actually slightly better than that. Uh, they usually stick with their New Year's resolutions for about two to three months. The data shows that we are very much a people of new things. God has wired something deep within our DNA that causes us to yearn for the new. However, there is something also inherent within us that makes us incredibly bad at achieving these new things. I was challenged a few years ago to memorize Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, which says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing, and now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make roadways in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. After I was challenged to memorize Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, I was then asked by this gentleman who was discipling me at the time a question that changed the trajectory of my relationship with God. And I will extend the question to you. Do you believe that God wants to do new things in your life right now? Do you believe that God wants to do new things in your life right now and in this new year? 
the Bible consistently proposes this beautiful juxtaposition, former things, new things. The Apostle Paul writes many letters, most of which I would argue are encouraging his readers to not focus on the things of the past or the things of the present, but rather the things of the future. And in this text, I believe Paul is telling us just how we can anchor ourselves in the truth and hope of things to come. <clears throat> A little background on uh, Paul and his relationship with the Corinthians, the Christians in Corinth. Paul had spent about 18 months with the Christians in Corinth, and after his departure, he received some bad reports about the church's conduct, which prompted him to write, 1 Corinthians, a letter of correction, reproof, uh, and a lot of clarification on church structure and order. Uh, but after that, Paul received several positive and encouraging reports, which prompted him to write a second letter, 2 Corinthians, to further encourage them in the midst of the affliction they were currently experiencing. So we're diving right into the middle of this second letter, right into the middle of chapter 5, and if you would, read with me, we'll read verses 16 through 21 in 2 Corinthians 5. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard Him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, He is a new creation." The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making His appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake He made Him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. From this text, I believe the Holy Spirit is revealing three ways we can enter into 2024 experiencing gospel renewal. The first way we can experience gospel renewal is by disregarding the old and regarding the new. Look at 2 Corinthians verses, uh, chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard Him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Paul mentions flesh. What is flesh? What is he talking about here? The flesh simply is our natural state that each and every one of us are born into apart from God's Spirit dwelling within us. When Paul's talking about disregarding the flesh here, he's not talking about disregard your health, stop taking care of yourself, stop getting your yearly physical, taking your medications and throwing all of that out the window, but rather the flesh is being absent of God's Spirit and opposed to Him when we have not placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. 
The flesh is simply relying on your own ability to be a good person and please God, to which history and the Bible continuously show and will continue to show that this is impossible. What does it mean to be a new creation? Verse 17 says, if we're in Christ, we are a new creation. Jesus uses this verbiage in John chapter 3 of being born again. This is not a fleshly birth of entering back into your mother's womb, but rather a birth that comes from the Spirit of God when one hears, understands, and accepts the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 10 through 11 says, But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. The Apostle Paul began talking about this hope that we have in a new resurrected body earlier in chapter 5. Verses 1 through 2, he says, For we know that the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed. If this tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. So while we groan inwardly, longing to put on our heavenly resurrected bodies, even though these current bodies that we're in are fleshly, they can be tempted, they can be injured, and they can even be destroyed, we are called to disregard these things and regard the reality of 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, you are a new creation. The old has passed, the new has come. You are a new creation if you are in Christ. Paul is talking in present tense. We are called to operate in the promises of God which have both power in the present as much as they have power for the future. You are a new creation. So how do we do this? How do we disregard these old things and regard the new things that Christ has for us? When I was in the Marine Corps, uh, I self-referred myself to substance abuse rehabilitation program. Uh, And pretty early on in the treatment, I learned about what is called cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, which is simply put, treatment that usually involves uh, efforts to change destructive thought patterns. Um, and it might sound kind of crazy and left, left, you know, out of left field talking about cognitive behavioral therapy. I am no psychiatrist by any means. But we see this same concept littered all throughout the scriptures. Commands and challenges to where we are to consider one thing and not consider another thing. Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. Verses that tell us to set your mind on one thing and don't set your mind on another thing. Put on 
disregard, regard, these words that are challenging the very ways that we think as human beings. Disregard the old and regard the new life that you have in Christ. What are you filling your mind with? Is it the promises of God or is it the woes and anxieties of the world? Disregard the old and regard the new life. You are a new creation. You are a new creation. The second way we can experience gospel renewal is to continuously be wowed by God. We can do all of what we just discussed Fancy cognitive behavioral therapy, mindfulness, meditation, verse memorization. I would argue if these things do not lead you to a place of genuine, heartfelt worship and adoration towards God, then we have missed the point. The focus is not me, the focus is not Grant becoming a new creation and Grant becoming a better man. The focus is on God's grace, mercy, and compassion towards His creation. Look at verse 18. All of this is from God. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What is the ministry of reconciliation? Reconciliation simply means to make things right with one another, the restoration of a friendly relationship. God restored His relationship with us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Look again at verses 19 and 20. He continues, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making His appeal through us. God is entrusting to each and every one of us who are in Christ the mission of restoring the world back to God. Paul says twice and reiterates here that God gave us the ministry of reconciliation, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. God didn't just reconcile us to Himself. He reconciled us to Himself through His Son, Jesus Christ, and then gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19 says, He entrusted to us the the message of reconciliation In the same way that God sent His only Son to reconcile the world back to Himself, Jesus is now sending us to do the very same thing. Jesus said in John 20, verse 21, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Be wowed by God. This is sometimes hard. We live in Clarksville, Tennessee, where nothing really exciting happens. We get lulled to apathy by the mundane of daily living. We wake up, make breakfast, take the kids to school, go to work, pick up the kids from school, take them to soccer practice. 
Go to community group, go to church on Sundays, rinse and repeat day after day. It is hard to be wowed by God, especially when we have these immense stories in the Bible that demonstrate God's glory. Noah in the flood, Moses leading the Jews out of Egypt by the parting of the Red Sea, soon after ascending a mountain to be in the very presence of God to receive the Ten Commandments, to which when he came back down, his face was shining so bright that they had to put a veil over it because it would blind people because he was in the very presence of God's glory. So it can be hard to be wowed by God when you read stories like that. And we look at our mundane living here. However, the reality is that God will reveal more of his glory through the life of his church than any moment in the Old Testament that you can think about. A few chapters earlier in 2 Corinthians, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3, verses 7 through 8, you don't need to turn there, it should be popped up there. Verses 7 through 8 in chapter 3 says, Now if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of his glory which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? God God desires to reveal more of His glory through you, those who are in Christ, through you than through Moses. Isn't that, is that that like crazy to y'all? Like more glory revealed through His church than Moses. Be wowed by God. You are not called to ride the coattails of your lead pastor, your student minister, your collegiate minister, or anyone whose faith you might admire. God has given each and every one of us who are in Christ the ministry of His Spirit, the ministry of reconciliation. God makes His appeal through you to reconcile the world back to himself. So be wowed by God. The third way we can experience gospel renewal as we enter into 2024 is to consider Christ. I get a sense that Paul is emphasizing something in this chapter. The word reconciliation or reconciled is used multiple times in this chapter. He says, picking up, if you look at verse 20, kind of halfway through there, we stopped kind of halfway through verse 20. We implore you, 2 Corinthians 5, 20, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. Continuing on, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him, Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus says this very thing in John chapter 14, verse 6, from his very mouth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through through Christ Jesus, be reconciled to God. We implore you 
be reconciled to God. Consider the fact that these words spoken nearly 2,000 years ago are not simply some philosophical rhetoric spoken by some religious leader 2,000 years ago, but rather they are the words directly spoken to me and you by our very Creator. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. I believe the absolute worst thing we can do is overcomplicate the gospel. A group of people heard this same gospel message you are hearing today, and in Acts 2, verse 37, they responded by this. Now, when they heard this message, they were cut to the heart and asked, what then shall we do? What then shall we do? How do we respond to this gospel message of God reconciling the world back to Himself through His Son, Jesus Christ. What then shall we do? Do we start off the new year by trying to attend church more, read our Bibles more, or give more? While all good things, they are no substitute for the only way to start 2024 off by being in good relationship with your Creator. What then shall you do? The Apostle Paul actually answers this question in the next verse. Acts 2 verse 38 says, Turn from your own ways and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. What then shall you do? Turn from trying to find new life through your own willpower. Turn from working on your external appearance and presentation, thinking that that will somehow heal the deep brokenness that is inside each and every one of us. Turn to the promises of God found in Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of your sins, a new life, and a new relationship with your Creator. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. C.S. Lewis wrote this book called The Screwtape Letters. And for those who don't know what this book is about, it's formatted in such a way that uh, two demons are exchanging letters between one another. An uncle demon is writing to his nephew demon and is essentially mentoring him and guiding him in the ways of being a demon, getting in the ways of Christian living, temptation, and how to be effective in these areas. And while the uncle is mentoring his young demon nephew, he says this thing in one of his letters. It is funny how humans always picture us demons as putting things into their minds, when in reality our best work is done by keeping things out. When I agreed to memorize Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 a few years ago, I was inserting into my mind and heart the very promise of God. I had no idea what God was doing in that moment. Some older bald guy invited me over for cheese quesadillas and challenged me to memorize Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 and laid that promise out in front of me. The promise of, remember not the former things, but behold, 
God is doing a new thing, and now it springs forth. And it is a promise that we need to inject deep into our souls each and every day. So while we are focused on new year, new you, making time in our minds and calendars for more workouts, more time with family, more ways to make money to provide for our family, can I encourage you to add these three items to the top of your resolutions? Am I going to let my brokenness, my flesh, and my sin define who I am, or am I going to, by the grace of God, disregard the old and regard the new? Am I going to choose to be wowed by God by opening up my scriptures and being amazed at the promises of God that are for each and every one of us to take hold of? And if I don't have a relationship with Christ, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, or you are unsure what that looks like, are you going to consider giving your life to Him so that He can bring you back into rightful relationship with your Heavenly Father? The enemy in the world so desperately want to keep out of your mind the reality that God wants and desires to do new things in each and every one of your lives right now. So let 2024 be a year where you consider and focus on the renewing power of the gospel. Oh Lord, we are just so amazed at the work of your son, Jesus Christ, and what that means for our very lives right now. It's not a thing that we have to wait for But Lord, it is a promise and a new life that we can enter into right now. God, help us disregard these old ways. Lord, as we look back in 2023 of all the ways we fall short, you invite us into the promise to forget that and to remember that we are new creations in you and to live within that promise. Help us be wowed by that promise, Lord. And help us continuously to consider Christ and what he means for each and every one of us. Lord, we love you. And we lift all these things up in your son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. If you would stand and we can continue worshiping this morning. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real, keep it Jesus.